0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I have a special guest today, so it's going to be very entertaining and informative. First of all, I just wanted to quickly say that things are moving along really well with the upcoming cryptocurrency investment seminar. That is scheduled for April 24th at 6 p.m., Time and date to be confirmed within a week or so, so I'll stay in touch with you on that. But do keep in mind that you can learn everything you need to know from actual experts in the cryptocurrency world who actually do this and make money doing it. So that is one thing I just wanted to mention before I get started with today's show. Today we're going to have a guest that is very much an important guest for you to at least uh, listen to, whether or not you are politically in mind, minded or not, because he is the leading Republican gubernatorial candidate for California's upcoming gubernatorial election. His name is John Cox, and it's very interesting because he's, like me, he's a, he's a CPA. Like me, he has a JD degree. Uh, unlike me, he is an attorney. I'm not a practicing attorney. I don't play one on television either. But uh, him and I seem to have a decent amount in common, so I think we'll have a really interesting conversation. I've also, uh, I really do have a lot of topics that we might be able to cover. I think it'll be very informative. Anytime uh, anytime someone is going to possibly make a sea change in California politics, That's a big event. So there's a chance that this November could end up being a sea change. We really don't know for sure, but there's a chance that that could happen. So I'm going to check and see if he's here yet. Uh, Mr. Cox, are you online?
1: I am, Harold. Great to be with you. Hey,
0: great. Great great to talk to you, John. Thanks a lot for taking the time out of your surely busy schedule to uh, help us out here with uh, this next hour of uh, business buzz.
1: I love it. I'm happy to be with you, Harold. Thank you.
0: That's great, thanks. So now I've got a, I've got quite a few topics I wanted to cover, but I first wanted yeah. to just, uh, I wanted your opinion. Wh- what's your opinion of the new uh, tax legislation? Because I've been telling the listeners here a lot about that lately. I just wanted a quick assessment by you.
1: Well, you're talking about the tax cuts that were passed by the uh, Congress. Right, the new federal
0: tax laws, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, and let me, t- first of all, the part that helped, you know, uh, reduce the rate on corporations was important because it, you need, we need to make sure that U.S. corporations are competitive around the world. We need to make sure that U.S. uh, businesses don't leave. And we also need to make sure that the billions, billions, actually it's trillions uh, that have been socked overseas come back to America to be invested here. I mean, that's, they weren't doing much good sitting over in Euro dollars. They should be in America producing jobs and you know, helping with infrastructure and and the like. Now, the individual tax cuts, I think, were also decent, although, you know, they didn't really simplify the law very much. And, of course, they hurt Californians to some degree because they, you know, reduced the tax benefits substantially of the state local tax deduction. And, you know, I, I don't like that part. On the other hand, it's not a bad idea to focus californians on how much their government is taxing us i mean we we have seen the taxes in california just keep going up and up and up and up and the politicians will sit there and tell people well gee at least you're getting a tax deduction on the federal side you know and now they're not getting a tax deduction on the federal side so i'm hoping that this is going to sensitize California voters to the idea that we got to do something about this runaway government that's taxing us and spending uh, just way too much money and really putting it in the pockets of corrupt special interests and cronies, which is really one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I'm running for governor.
0: Right. In fact, I did also want to touch on that. You had proposed the California is not for sale rule. And, uh, could you tell her, yeah. are, are you still interested in pursuing that if you become governor? No.
1: Okay. Well, no. I did that initiative. Uh, that was an initiative which really got a lot of attention on the Internet, Harold. Uh, uh, you know, I, I proposed an initiative. It was a little tongue-in-cheek. Right. Because uh, I, was, I was suggesting that our politicians should wear logos on their coats like uh, NASCAR drivers. And, uh, of course, you know, that a little ridiculous, but I was doing it to illustrate the problem. You know, the problem is that our legislature is for sale. It's, It's the best legislature money can buy because it's bought every single day by special interests and, you know, groups of wealthy individuals and big businesses and people who want something from government. You know, they go ahead and give money to these politicians so they can run their campaigns, you know, and then the, the politicians go ahead and and give them what they want, which usually involves uh, higher costs for Californians. And I I just think that's a crazy system, uh, and that, and that's what the NASCAR initiative was all about. Right. Uh, and I I knew it know. was a
0: little bit tongue in cheek, but I just I thought it was so clever that someone would actually take that to the level of actually <laughs> bringing it to the public's attention. How bad things really are in not only California but the nation's legislature and all the yes. other states. I'm sure. So
1: it is. Yeah. But the real uh, the real reform that I'm working on is a different kind of uh, structure with with the same goal, and that is to get the special interest money out of politics. It's called the neighborhood legislature. It involves making all the legislative districts so small that. You have to run going door to door. You, you you won't buy TV or radio commercials. You won't send a, an avalanche of mail to people. You'll you'll actually just you know go knocking on doors in your neighborhood, and that's how you'll get elected. And
0: I notice that, that's
1: the, really the only way to get money out of politics. But go ahead.
0: I noticed that the title in where I was reading that about you was about in New Hampshire. Do they actually have that working there?
1: Yes. Yes, they've had it for 150 years. It's really amazing. They have a legislature. It's 400 people for a state that's only a million residents. And, you know, that means each district is only a 2,500 people. So it's it's really small. And, you know, the advantage is, is that people get elected going door to door. People try to spend big money, and it never works. They always, you know, get rejected at the polls. And the special interests, the big unions and the big businesses, they still operate in the state, but they don't buy the legislature. And so New Hampshire doesn't have any statewide income taxes. It doesn't have an unfunded pension debt like we have. Uh, It doesn't have waste and corruption. Uh, As a matter of fact, get this, Harold. In New Hampshire, people actually like their legislature. Yeah.
0: Is isn't, isn't the isn't New Hampshire the one with live free or die as their motto? Yes. Yes.
1: Well, that just kinda of goes sweet. to show. Very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I mean and and by the way, it's been voted one of the best states for business in the country. Uh in in contrast to California, which has been regularly voted uh one of the worst states to do business in. We're I think we're number forty nine out of fifty now, uh, for business climate in the country. Uh so I, I i think we could learn a lot from emulating new hampshire frankly
0: that exact topic was one of the things i also wanted to bring up i actually reached out to a client of mine who's a very one of my more politically oriented clients and when i found out i might be able to interview you on my show i had asked this client of mine uh, what might she want to ask you because uh, she she's definitely on one side of the spectrum but uh and the, the the question that she sort of came up with, I wanted to kind of let you expand on that because this is related to that. Uh, here, okay. here, I'm just going to quote this, what she said. When conservatives okay. complain that state taxes are chasing business from the state and that we have the highest taxes of all the states, I'm not sure that's true. If state taxes are prohibitive to business, how can we be the sixth largest economy in the world? And so that was sort of the point of that question, and I was curious how you might answer that.
1: Well, I mean, we are one of the largest economies in the world because we have, we are one of the biggest in the world. We attract huge numbers of people. See, people make economies go. Uh, so we attract huge numbers of people because, frankly, Harold, we have some of the best weather and some of the best natural beauty in the country. Uh, so... So, 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 in in a way, it so could live here,
0: right? So, it could be that if we did reform, in your opinion, if we did reform our tax structure to make it a lot uh, better for business, we could maybe move up to be fifth biggest.
1: Oh, or, or we actually, I think we're already fifth, but I think mean, we could be the fourth or third. I mean, <laughs> there's there's really a lot of potential for growing this economy. I, I absolutely agree with uh, you on that. You know, but. We've got to change a lot of the things that we're doing. I mean, we're regulating people to death. It's not just the tax system; it's the regulations. Uh, you know, it takes months to start a new business in this state, and even when you start it, you've got to run the gauntlet of trial lawyers and regulators visiting you, and fines, and little picky new regulations, and bureaucracies, and forms. That need to be filled out. Uh, it's just incredible uh, what, what what a business has to go through in order to conduct business in a state.
0: Right, and I'm actually uh, I'm working with a client right now who is actually based in Oregon, and we're having a real big problem with the entire problem of Amazon sales coming from a California warehouse. And these the businesses are going to spend tons and tons of money just trying to track this minutia, to, right. you know, you know how big of a mess this whole sales tax is with the oh, internet economy. God, yeah. yeah. So that's another thing that really needs to be, you know, somehow trimmed down. Now you're, I, uh, you, w- I was very uh, surprised. I watched some YouTubes of you in an interview. I can't remember the name of the place SSIP or something in December, I think it was. And you're the first politician that I remember lately, who brought up a subject that I bring up here with my guests a lot on my show, and that's the underfunded pensions in California, yeah. a public and private. Can you elaborate a little bit on your uh, feeling on that topic?
1: Well, first, Harold, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman, and I'm a CPA, a uh, certified public accountant, as well as a tax lawyer. So I've actually drafted pension plans, uh, I don't practice anymore because I own an investment advisory firm, which gives me another perspective on the pension issue. Basically, the, the politicians for years have voted higher and higher benefits for state workers. Your your listeners may not understand now, but they ought to know that most state workers can retire after 30 years of work on 90% of their their last three years' pay, their average last three years' pay. So if you start working for a state agency, let's say you become a policeman or you become a nurse at age 22, let's say, when you get done with college, by the time you're 52, you've got 30 years in, you're qualified for a pension for the rest of your life equal to 90% of your average salary for the last three years which, of course, is a pretty high number, and which, the, you know, the employees have figured out ways to spike that average, so they they get a really really nice pension at age 52. And
0: those and rules, those rules were designed yeah, when people didn't live as long either. Is that right?
1: Exactly the problem. We we've, we've stretched out life expectancies now to. 85, 90 years, Uh, it used to be, you know, 70s or so, and that's a huge, huge difference in in what's needed. Uh, In addition, Harold, the politicians promised health care. So, you know, people get health care from Medicare when they're 65 or 67, whichever is the case, but if they're retiring at 52, there's a gap there from 52 to 65 where, they, they, they need health insurance, and so the state said, okay, we'll give you that health insurance. So now we've given these employees, these return employees, gold-plated health care, again, at the taxpayer's expense, but there's been absolutely nothing put away for health care. There's a, uh, a, a decent amount put away for pensions, although it's, it's 30% underfunded, and what that means that number, Harold, is over a trillion dollars of unfunded liabilities uh, for pensions right. alone. Oh, wow. it, now, it's, we it's will. mammoth. Be, it,
0: we will be coming up on our first break, so I don't want to cut off because that's so important. And uh, I don't yeah. think people realize just how big a trillion is, but I've told a lot of my uh, listeners that if you were to stack $1,000 bills as tightly as you could, the stack <laughs> would run from Chico, California to El Paso, Texas. Oh, my God, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah.
1: thousand-hour bills. Yeah, God, that, that's actually,
0: that's for $20 trillion. I do the whole analysis, but anyway, yeah, that's oh, that's okay. crazy. That's a
1: lot of money. Right, it's, right. Another perspective is it's eight times the annual budget for the state of California, eight times.
0: And that's just part of the budget. I mean, that's just part yeah. of our problem.
1: That's part of the problem because the, the uh, retiree health care hasn't been dealt with. Plus, we have $250 billion in bonded debt that still has to be paid out. That's for water and school projects. Some of the school projects aren't even used anymore.
0: All right. Well, our first break is here. Can you hang on? And I'll be right back with you in a minute or so.
1: Thank you. Thanks, John.
0: Canyon Creek Builders, Incorporated salutes the men and women in uniform who are standing tall for our freedoms. This message is from Canyon Creek Builders, Incorporated. your bonded, licensed, and insured general contractor for commercial, residential, and industrial construction. Call them at 530-534-4196 and arrange for a free estimate. Better yet, ask to see some of their finished jobs, because after all the talking clears, the completed project is what counts. Canyon Creek Builders, 101 Braylon Place in Berry Creek.
2: KKXX is excited to present Seeds of Truth with Joe Holcraft Each weekday evening, Joe has hosted the Catholic Hour every weekend for the last eight years. And Seeds of Truth promises the same Catholic understanding of sacred scripture, contemporary faith-based topics, and the latest news from around the world. If you have questions about faith, join Joe and the Seeds of Truth right here on KKXX.
0: Each evening, Monday through Friday.
2: Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on the Sound of Faith, mornings at 10, here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit then Sound of Faith is perfect for you because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX, Chico's Christian Radio.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. And we're talking with John Cox, who is the Republican gubernatorial candidate. I also wanted to mention that John was also a radio personality. How long ago was that that you did radio work, John?
1: Oh, Lordy. That was probably 15, 16 years ago. It was a small little station uh, in uh, suburban Chicago.
0: Great. And. Uh, that, uh, that's kind of like we have a small little station here in uh, Chico, California. So uh, it's really, uh, really fun to be able to talk to someone else who's done the same idea. Now, your, uh, what, what I, haven't, I really haven't researched a lot, but what I have since I found out you'd be on my show, how many other Republican candidates are in the ring right now?
1: Well, there are. there's one other Republican, so there's two total. And there's five Democrats, uh, serious Democrats. There's like 30 people who have filed Right, but I mean the
0: serious candidates.
1: Yeah, serious candidates. There's about five Democrats, three of whom have a lot of money, two of whom are women without much money. So that's kind of a different dynamic. Uh, I'm, I'm 62. I've been in business for 42 years. Uh, The other Republican is a young assemblyman. He's 40-something, 42 or something like that, little baby girl. Uh, He doesn't have much money. He's been an assemblyman for a few years, so he's built up a little bit of a following. But uh, he doesn't have many uh, resources and certainly not much experience. Uh, So uh, uh, I'm running second in the polls right now to the leader who's a Democrat, uh, the leading candidate in the polls right now is a guy named uh, Gavin Newsom, right. who is the former mayor of San Francisco. Right. And, uh, the current lieutenant governor, by the way. So, right. You know, I, uh,
0: I just happened to be in downtown Sacramento yesterday with my family, and what I really was thought was striking was that as we were walked by the Capitol and all, you know, you see cars go in and out of the Capitol parking lot, at right. the same at the same time there's homeless people pushing shopping carts right near that right. place. And it's yep. just so sad that we can't figure out a way to – not only help the because there's a lot of homeless issues going on here in Chico. Also, it's just such a right. shame we can't figure out a way to help the entire economy to the point where the homeless would be helped just by bringing well, up lifting all boats. Because, you know,
1: you know. Let let's talk about that because uh, there's a, there's a great deal of attention being paid for the t- paid to this, and it should be because. I've looked. I've gone to some of these uh, encampments. I mean, they're disgusting. I mean, it's like something you see in Bangladesh or something like there. Uh, actually, Bangladesh would be uh, probably insulted by what they're seeing here. Uh, and this is Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Chico, Sacramento, Fresno, all across the state. So let's let's see what the problem is. First of all, I think one of the big problems is housing uh, regulation. Taxes, delay, litigation have all driven up the cost of housing. I'm in the housing business, Harold. I I build and manage apartments, in, mostly in Indiana, which is a, a well-managed state. And in Indiana, I'm building for $80,000 uh, an apartment. And in California, even in Chico, it's several hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and a lot of that is the cost of regulation and the litigation delays and things so what we've got to do in government is get rid of as much of that regulation litigation and delay as we can and that's what i'm dedicated to doing I, we need to build three million homes in the next 10 years another part of the homeless problem is uh prisoners who have been let out of jail i you probably know this but california has passed a bunch of propositions to reclassify felonies the misdemeanors and one of the reasons for that is because it now costs $75,000 a year to house a prisoner in California. I mean, it's 16000 in Alabama. We are, have unbelievable sweetheart contracts with prison guards and prison dentists and prison psychiatrists. They're making ungodly amounts of money. Uh, there's prison dentists making $800,000 a year. So uh, we let people out of jail and put them on the streets where they have no place to go, and so they end up, you know, causing more crime, frankly. And then the third thing on the homeless situation, Harold, is, is the substance abuse. So we're, you know, San Francisco now is giving out needles and creating safe rooms where people can shoot up. That's nonsense. I mean, let's get people in the hospitals where they get cured of substance abuse, but let's not subsidize it.
0: Right. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's just so many crazy things going on. Now, uh, let's just, uh, I'd like to propose a couple questions for you just because, like I say, if there could be, if there ends up being a sea change in California politics, you could be, uh, at the center of that. What would you say, what, how would you handle something like the Oakland mayor's, you know, turning away of ice a couple weeks ago? I mean, yeah. I, I know it's yeah. kind of a federal law thing, but I mean. Are you sort of, uh, I mean, where do, you, where do you come in on things like the infrastructure that's well, kind of federal and the wall that's kind of federal? Where do, you, where do you kind of come in on those things?
1: Well, first of all, one of the first things I'll do is get rid of Sanctuary State as the next governor because we ought to have our public officials, our law enforcement officials working together, not against each other. Today, by the way, Orange County Board of Supervisors opted out of Sanctuary State, and I applaud their effort. They're following on the heels of Los Alamitos and other cities who are saying, you know, we're not going to lead you down the the suicide run here. We're going to, you know, we're going to have our law enforcement actually inform ICE when we have to release an undocumented immigrant who's broken the law or a suspected gang member. I mean, I don't want these people in California. You know, if someone's, you know, breaking the law, I want them out. That's uh, that's
0: interesting because Orange County, my son lives there. There are a lot of immigrants in Orange County, but I'm sure they're legal immigrants, so everybody's up for keeping illegals out, which sort of seems to make sense.
1: Absolutely. Legal immigrants are as upset about this as anybody because they weigh the line. They actually comply with the law. They're they're not too happy about people who cut line and that's what the undocumented immigrants have done uh so i i think it's it's certainly a a step in the right direction but you know harold i've said many times this whole sanctuary state nonsense as well as that oakland mayor what they're trying to do what the politicians are doing with this is they're trying to distract the voters of the state because they've made a mess of the state i mean California is now 50th out of 50 in quality of life. Uh, The tax burden, the business climate are horrible. The schools don't teach. The roads are full of potholes and traffic packed. Uh, Life in California is not what it used to be 30, 40 years ago when it was functional. And the politicians are looking around for some way to distract people from those conditions. And of course, what they do is sanctuary stay to get people angry and scared so they don't think about all the other issues.
0: Right. Yeah, that, uh, the, the whole thing about all these distractions is that I, I did notice uh, I was looking up uh, some ways to watch your interviews on YouTube the other night. And what I did notice was John Cox, the interview I saw, I believe it was from December, had a certain number of views but next to it was John Cox, some bass fisherman down south, and he had like 30,000 views. And it just pointed oh. out to me that there seems to be a lack of understanding. And, and I, I don't feel like the mainstream news has really gotten your name out there enough at all, because I, I haven't been that aware until I knew I was going to be able to
1: interview you. Well, How I do, you overcome,
0: how do you overcome that bias?
1: Well, I, I think it's changing a little bit. I mean, it's not going to come easy. Uh, you're right. Uh, the mainstream media, you know, look at how they treating the president. Uh, they, uh, they they don't they like the existing uh, establishment and they like the Democrats in power. Uh, but they're going to have to cover because uh, you know there' was a poll that was issued last week that shows me in second place that Gavin Newsom. They they have to start covering the second place uh, person in the polls, and, and and they have. And we've seen a, a big uptick in interest just in the last few days uh, with these stories that have just gone around the state on you know our campaign being in second place. Uh, right. I think we're going to keep moving up. I think that's going to you know key interest in in the effort. And uh, I'm looking for us to move closer and closer to Gavin Newsom and overtake him. Uh, you know by by November
0: now uh, we are going to come up on another break but I did want to mention that we talked about the bonds now when California you mentioned a dollar amount I can't is that the the total California debt with the bonds is in the billions or the trillions is that yeah no no
1: 250 billion billion right
0: okay we're on that break we're going to come right back I want to talk a little bit about budget balancing and since we're both CPAs we're going to be able to dig into that so stay with me I'll be right back in a minute
1: How are you going to get to the Sacramento airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who
0: bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly
2: and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791. Open
1: calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an
2: emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No. No, that doesn't work. I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead. But you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Get started today at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA, your host today. I am, I'm talking with John Cox, the Republican, the leading Republican gubernatorial candidate for this year's election, and we came up on the subject before the break. This whole thing about balancing a budget. Now, I know we always hear about the federal budget, but what's the story these days with the California budget? And is there hope for someone who might have? If you were to have four years available at the helm, so to speak, what would be your approach to this whole problem of this debt, 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 that's all we live on these days is debt?
1: Well, we got to be honest with people, and we got to get transparency, and we've got to get audits done. Uh, you're a CPA. I'm a CPA. I run an apartment business. I have 12 communities that all operate on balanced budgets that are all zero-based budgets, uh, Harold. And you know what that is, and your listeners may know, but it, you, you start off each year saying, you know, you, you start with zero, basically, on every expense category. And you say, okay, what are we spending? Why are we spending it? And Let's re-justify why we're doing this. In other
0: right, words, you don't right. take How much, last right. year's
1: budget and increase it by 3 or 5% and go with that.
0: Right. You look at last year's and you start chopping things when you can, but the government never seems to do that. Of course not.
1: There's no incentive to. You know, I mean, there, as a matter of fact, it's the opposite. The incentive is to spend more money on more people because the more people you have in government, the more dues they pay to the public sector unions. And then the union bosses get to use those dues to pay politicians. And it's just a, a vicious circle that way. We've got to break that circle because there's just... There's the incentives are are just you know messed up now so that's probably the biggest thing that I need to do on this Harold
0: now, you're originally from Illinois, and they also have a huge uh, state budgetary crisis going on, don't they?
1: oh yeah uh, and it's because they had a Republican governor a businessman who pointed out the problem. It gets back to that transparency and the auditing I was talking about I mean Right now, the state of California is all in the hands of Democrats, so, you know, there ain't no one in Sacramento who wants to highlight this problem, because they don't have an answer for it, and the people that fund their campaigns wouldn't like it if they highlighted the problem too much, so everybody keeps quiet, and they paper it over, but that's not happening in Illinois, which is why Illinois went through that crisis, and it's still not fixed in Illinois, because they haven't really been able to sever that connection between those public unions and the politicians.
0: Now, is there any upcoming uh, debates or things that we can make a note of so we can learn more about this whole race as we go along here? Uh, There's uh, the primaries in June, is that correct?
1: Yeah, the primaries in June, and uh, we just had a debate last night. We had one in San Diego on Sunday, and then we just had one in Los Angeles last night. Uh, there will be other debates uh, and other forums. I don't have any uh, dates right now off the top of my head. Uh, you know, I have to check my calendar, but I can have somebody get back to you and you can publicize them on your no. radio show. They can they also go to my website, johncoxforgovernor.com. They can also look at my Facebook uh, site, John Cox for Governor 2018, uh, on Facebook, and they can see, you know, uh, we we post uh, calendar events on there as well. Right. And
0: w- w- tell tell us a bit about the, uh, I was curious why, now Indiana, you were saying Indiana is fairly healthy fiscally
1: or? Did, did Absolutely. You... They, they've dealt with their unfunded pension plans. They've got a state employees health insurance plan that is uh, involving private parties that is doing very well. They don't run an annual deficit. They have a decent business climate. They're a right-to-work state. Uh, you know, they're a very good state to do business in and they're they're rated one of the top in the in the country. Uh The reason very I, different than California.
0: Yeah, the reason I wanted to bring that up is that Indiana and Illinois are both sort of Midwestern, uh, quite agricultural. Yeah it's amazing if you look at then the difference of those two states but they're in the same geographic area they would have the same challenges the same population style uh, what do you attribute indiana to doing so much better than illinois which as i i know is in a complete shambles fiscally
1: that's a very good question because you're right uh they're both you know started as farming states and grew up that way uh they're both on Lake Michigan. Uh, Gary, Indiana, is you know far, far less successful than Chicago has been, and so maybe that's one of the factors. Uh, you know, the the lakefront, if you will, in, in Illinois extends all the way up uh, a further way than it does in Indiana. Uh, so maybe that's a difference. But uh, you're right; very different managements and very different economic results. Now, I mean, the the economy of uh, you know, Indiana is uh, is beating Illinois now, although I would venture to guess that Illinois, being the larger in terms of population, has a, a much greater GDP. But, you know, Illinois is running huge deficits, has huge budgetary problems, and, you know, huge unfunded debts.
0: Now, as a businessman, with what we were talking about earlier, with my client's uh, question about the uh, uh, bi- prohibitive business things, You are a California resident, but your main investments with your apartment business is in Indiana? Yes. Now, is part of that due to the fact that what you would face if you wanted to be an apartment builder here in California would be a lot different? Is that part of the reason why that's the way?
1: Oh, that's a major reason. I mean, I've looked at investing all over the country, and, you know— Indiana has a very solid, steady economy. California has gone through all these booms and busts, and it's done well, I have to say. I mean, California is certainly, you know, a lot of people have gotten very wealthy here in real estate. There's no question about that. But uh, there's also a lot of people that have gone out of business in California when they've gone through one of these busts. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I I think California can be much better. Uh, That's what I'm dedicated to. I'm dedicated to getting the corrupt special interest out of power so that we can have some rational regulation and we can have uh, a much lower tax burden and get rid of sanctuary state and all this other nonsense. Uh, but it's going to require a new governor in 2018, uh, and that's me, and it's going to require also a new legislature, which I'm going to be talking about uh, after I become governor.
0: Now, of course, Mr. Newsom would be welcome to be a guest on my show. What When you have a debate is Mister Newsom there on the stage also? I I need to see some of these. I haven't seen one yet.
1: Yeah, actually, he's been ducking debate uh, for the past uh, few uh, few weeks. Uh, you know, he's of the mind that I guess he's in the first place category in, in the polls, and therefore he doesn't need to ask answer questions. But, right.
0: He doesn't. Right. Doesn't uh, need to take a risk.
1: Yeah, but you know, I I, I had an interview on in another network today, and I. Laid out a, a a debate challenge to Mr. Newsom, and I'll do it now on your show. Uh, you know, he and I should debate one on one. We're we're one and two in the polls. Not that the other candidates are irrelevant; they're not. But uh, you know, we're we're clearly pretty far ahead of the other candidates, and uh, the, the people of the state deserve a full debate on the, the, the future of the state. And I'm prepared to have it. Uh, I hope Mr. Newsom is prepared to own the increase in poverty, the high taxes, the sanctuary state, uh, the increase in crime, the lousy roads, the bad schools. Uh, you know, he's going to have to own all those those issues, and uh, and I'm going to make sure he does.
0: It sounds like, based on uh, the fact that you're the leading Republican and you're in number two slot overall, it sounds like between June and November there likely will be some. Uh, cox versus newsom debates oh,
1: hopefully we'll do a lot of them uh, we'll do them all around the state uh, uh, i'm all, all
0: off, i'll offer to mediate one in chico
1: there you go i think we need <laughs> to do one in chico uh there's a lot of businesses up there that are just getting killed and crushed by regulation uh there's a whole lot of uh farmers that can't find workers and that are worried about their exports uh, worried about water.
0: I was going to say we really all, we always have a water issue too in Northern California.
1: And why is that? I mean, we get tons of snow and tons of water up there. We just don't have the reservoirs built to build it. I mean, it's stupid. It's really stupid. And you know, the the environmental lobbyists in Sacramento keep you know getting the legislature to tear down instead of building new ones. There's a sites reservoir we got to build. Uh, there's the uh, Shasta Reservoir that should be expanded. I mean, the, the, the capability exists. Uh, we also have to do this stuff right. We got to make sure that you know dams are built properly. I know the Oroville Dam has had major problems up there, and uh, that's because the politicians choose their cronies to do these projects, and they don't.
0: Right, John. I think we may have lost our connection. If you can come back. No, I can, to, I, oh, there you are. Sorry. I can hear you. Yep, I can hear okay, you. Okay, good. Yep. I, you're, you're back now. That's great. Now, yep. uh, my, I grew up in the East Bay. My, I remember my dad saying about 40 years ago, and I, really, I didn't have time to look it up today before I talked with you. Is it true that in the old days, the California legislature had the Senate set up more like the federal Senate, where Northern and Southern California weren't weighted so heavily by population? Do you know if that's true? I don't
1: recall that. Uh
0: I heard my dad I, I, say I, that they when when we started getting lousy freeways and LA started getting all the new big freeways, I remember him saying, well they changed it and now they're weighted towards all that Southern California population.
1: Uh, I'm well, not I sure. think it changed because of the the population changes. I mean, let's face it, Southern California is still right. the home of...
0: That may be what he meant, just the fact that there's so many yeah. people down there. But it really is yeah. kind of crazy when they talk about splitting California. Have you ever discussed that with people? What What's your opinion yeah, on that feeling? I
1: actually know this, this Silicon Valley guy uh, who's thinking about uh, doing this or, or proposing it. Uh, you know... I think the state is big, but obviously there's other states that are large, like Texas has more area. And Alaska is far bigger. Uh obviously not as many people uh in either of those states. Uh you know, Alaska's pretty sparsely populated, but but the point is, you know the problem is the structure in terms of the need for money to run these political campaigns. Uh
0: we're coming up that on that last good. on that last break, John. We'll be right back. Hang in there with me. We'll come back for the All last right. segment. Thanks. Be right back. Thank you.
2: Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you.
0: Meet the Grads of Life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position,
2: internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We're talking with Republican gubernatorial candidate John Cox. And, John, I was also, I'm, we talked about that northern uh, splitting in California. I know that's a little bit wacky. Did you say somebody's interested in proposing it, or would that be an initiative process? How would that work?
1: Interested in proposing what, Here, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You said you knew somebody in Silicon Valley who was, Sort of interested oh, in yeah. the split state idea.
1: Yeah, yeah splitting the state. Uh, there's a guy named Tim Draper who was an early investor in Tesla and uh, Hotmail and a whole bunch of other big companies. Uh, he's talked about splitting the state, you know, in three. The, the trouble is the power of these funders, the big businesses, and the big labor unions. And so, even if you split the state into three pieces, uh, Harold, they would still be three pretty big states uh you know 40 million people you're, you're still each state is going to be 10 to 15 million people which is going to place it among the tops i mean illinois we talked about has 12 million people so it would be right there with illinois and unless you're willing to deal with this crony system the corrupt system of funding campaigns you're going to have three dysfunctional states.
0: Right. so That's that, why. Right. And so it would be three times as hard to get it all going like your neighborhood uh, idea that you're exactly. following New Hampshire.
1: Exactly. I, I think the answer is to get the money out of all districts and all campaigns. And uh, we do that, and we can divide the state. We can do a lot of other things. and We won't have to worry about cronies uh, interrupting the, the game here.
0: Now, what what are some of the what are some of the top ideas that you've got? If let's say you were governor, how would you what would be your approach to the whole lobbying? You know, the thing with the, uh, you know, posting the top 10 donors on each legislator. What would your what would your real steps be in that in that process?
1: Well, what we have to do is we have to get California affordable for people. Harold, uh, you know, you know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who just simply can't afford to live here any longer. I mean, and their kids coming up can't afford to live in California. The cost of housing is probably the biggest issue that I'm going to address as governor. And I, I talked about it earlier that we've got streamline to streamline regulations and build a lot more houses. Uh, I think the roads and uh, the tax system are two other big issues that need to improve to, to, to get a better quality of life. Uh, the, the, the tax system is outrageous. Uh, we're paying the highest taxes, and all the Democrats do is talk about adding more taxes onto us. Uh, no, I'm, ha- the, I'm the leader of the effort to repeal the gas tax. Uh, have you I, heard about that? Harold? I was
0: just going to mention the gas tax, and I was going to ask you yeah. uh, about that so what what's the is there something going on with that? See, during tax season, I get really busy. Is there something happening right. with that in the grassroots somewhere
1: yes we've we've already collected six hundred and fifty thousand signatures to get this on the ballot in November, and it's not that we don't want infrastructure it's not that we don't want roads built is that we, we want the waste and inefficiency of Caltrans fixed. Uh, Caltrans, and you'll appreciate this as a CPA, Harold, Caltrans spends $4.50 for every dollar Texas spends on a mile of road. So if you think about that, yeah, yeah ouch. We're, we're, we're getting 25% of the roads built for our money that Texas is getting. Uh, that's horrendous waste and inefficiency, and, and frankly, out-and-out out corruption. Now, that to so, me, would,
0: that should be a completely bipartisan goal, regardless of yeah. party and regardless of religion or anything. Who would not be against saving billions of dollars on highway cost? And I think we all well, we all know the answer. Who. Yeah, we
1: <laughs> all you know answer. Like, the unions. I mean. You know, we've got 3,500 extra planning positions in Caltrans. It's been documented. They're, they're just needless. But 3,500 positions pay a lot of dues to the unions, and, of course, they don't want to lose that money. So they stay employed, and we pay them, and they they ask for more tax money. You know, I mean, that, that's the problem here. That's got to be dealt with.
0: And now, wouldn't lobbying come into play? along? I mean, isn't union and lobby kind of synonymous in Sacramento?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the unions, obviously, and all the big businesses, too, by the way. It's bipartisan. Uh, they hire the lobbyists, and they give them the money, and then the lobbyists just shuttle it. Uh, they're the middlemen, basically, for the, uh, for the funders and the special interests. So that they're the ones that really control the debate.
0: What do, you, what do you see as the result of the whole term limits thing that happened here, I don't even know, what, 20 years ago or more?
1: Uh, 25 years ago it was 92 and have you have you seen any concrete help no it's made the situation worse uh you know if you think about it it makes sense because the the cronies the the funders of these campaigns they're 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 fine with having a you know buy a new set of uh politicians every 12 years they prefer that because if Politicians are, are are in office a long time. They build up uh, a, a constituency, and they right. It's hard. It's, the harder power to, to, right, it's harder no to right. It's
0: harder to beat them. That makes sense too. You yeah, know,
1: it's wh- harder to beat them then, and then and, and you know. So now they're out of office at at twelve years, and then the, the lobbyists and the funders buy another set of politicians, and they and they fund the next guy that comes in. So. It might cost them a little bit more money, but it's easier for them to, to control the debate. They just they just build that extra cost into their into their charges, and so you know the big businesses just charges more, and and the unions, you know, obviously end up getting bigger pay for their employees, and that's how they get on, the money.
0: One other thing, I have a client who was an assembly, a state assemblyman for, I believe, one term, and then they they kind of ended up moving someone into his district and beating him. I guess he didn't, maybe he didn't play the game well enough, but Uh, Isn't it so, because he has a lot of retirement money, but he had a long career before that. Isn't it so that if you get one term in the state legislature, you set up a pension for a long time? Is that true?
1: Yeah, it is. And it's it's outrageous. But, of course, you know, the public really doesn't pay attention to this. I mean, let's face it, people are too busy with their own lives. Uh, They kind of assume that the people in Sacramento are looking out for them. And of course, nothing to be further from the truth. The the people in Sacramento are out for themselves. Uh, many of them, it's the best job they'll ever have in their whole life, and they end up they end up in the assembly or the senate because they worked as a staffer and they learn how to get to be uh, where they're at.
0: Right now, the uh, I guess uh, you know the fact that we are uh, we've got about five or six minutes left here in the show. When give give our because I have clients here, Chico's an interesting town. It's a it's kind of a conservative area up here in Northern California. But due to the fact that we have California State University, Chico, it also gets a mix of all different uh, persuasions as far as political persuasions. So sure. I I have clients on both ends of the spectrum. I have a few in the middle, but these days I'm not noticing too many middle of the road people. They're either anti or for this and that. What would be your biggest uh what would be your biggest pitch to somebody, and I know they're listening, who is completely adamantly non Republican, non Trump, uh, you know, what would be your best pitch to that part of my client base? Because I've got them all over the spectrum.
1: Well, first of all, the Democrats are going to make the election all about Donald Trump. And I said this yesterday at the debate. Donald Trump didn't make your house go up in price that you can't afford it, or your rent go up so you can't afford it. Donald Trump didn't make your gasoline cost almost four dollars a gallon and, and make it, you know, so expensive. Donald Trump didn 't take away the reservoirs and make it so that we don't have water for his farms and drinking and taking showers I mean Donald Trump didn't drive the price of electricity uh, up so much he didn't he didn't create crappy roads that are packed with people and, and potholes. This is being done by the politicians in this state uh, and that's what we've got to focus on policy I'm not a culture warrior I am a Businessman who is just absolutely uh, done with politicians who mismanage this state. Uh, we've got to start doing a better job of managing. We've got to manage our schools a lot better and get better quality. We've got to get our forests under control so that we can thin the forest. We can start cutting timber again and producing jobs through that. Uh, this state used to be a great timber state, that's not anymore. Uh, There's a lot of things. Uh, We're sitting on a Saudi Arabia of oil in the Central Valley that ought to be uh, available to not only power our cars and our uh, electricity, but also provide tons of jobs and and growth for the people of the state. This is all being held up by people with a radical, narrow agenda who don't look at risk versus rewards. All they look at is how they can get money for their campaigns and stay in power, that hopefully is going to change in 2018, and, and I'm going to hopefully be the leader that's going to change all that.
0: Speaking of power, uh, what is it, what's the current situation about nuclear power? Because a lot of my uh, clients who are very environmental, we talk a lot about things like Fukushima disaster in Japan, what's the situation right now with California's nuclear power? Did something go on at that San Onofre where it's being uh, wound down or something?
1: Well, yeah, it hasn't been used in 10 years, I don't think. Okay, Uh, I I, I just wasn't clear on all that. Yeah, you know, actually, I think Diablo Canyon is the only one that's still operating, and I think that's scheduled to be shut down, which is a really sad thing in many ways because nuclear power, it actually is the cleanest. Uh, France gets... 90% Ninety percent of their electricity from nuclear power, and you know, people say, "Well, there's tons of waste." Well, no, no. In France, what they do is they reuse the nuclear uh, material, and they and they you know they re-enrich uh, it all the way down to a thimbleful. I mean, they they hardly have any anything left by the time they're doing now. The little bit they have left is very radioactive and very powerful, so it's got to be protected, and of course. People are always worried about nuclear weapons and the like, but you know, I think the, the French have made the, the smart decision that they're going to re-enrich it and you know reuse it all the way down to a, a little bit, and uh, and that that way you don't have as much of a nuclear waste problem. Uh, we haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, uh, that, I know a little that, bit too that's too
0: bureaucratic. A, it's a tough topic. Uh, what's the what's your feeling about the whole uh, bullet train, uh, high speed rail issue going on right now?
1: Well, you know, that's a, that's a testament, uh, an exhibit A, to corruption, uh, Harold. The reason it's being built where it's built, is, or being built right now, is because two congressmen traded their vote for Obamacare in order to get it built in their districts. There was a company that built the TGV in France, and they wanted to build this high-speed rail down the middle of the five, which might have made a lot of sense. It might have been done a lot faster, be done by now, frankly, at a, at a lot less cost. And uh, it's not been done. And uh, that's, the, that's the reason uh, corruption. And, and that's a disgrace. Uh, this thing is now wasted over 10 billion dollars. Uh, the budget estimates are way up to 80 billion now from an original of 20 or 30 billion. And I think the people of this state are rightly upset about it and uh, can rightly uh, blame their politicians for that kind of wasted mismanagement.
0: Well, we're going to be coming up at the end of the show. I appreciate you being here today. I think the listeners have learned a lot. I know I have. I Like I say, I've really tried to learn what I can when I heard that you might be able to be my guest today. And as far as uh, what's your schedule for the next week or two? Is there anything coming up that we can look at your website yeah, to check I'm, into? I'm
1: actually going to be up in uh, in uh, Yuba City. Uh, I think it's around the uh, middle of April. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact date. I think it's around April 10th or so. Good, that'll uh, be on your website. We're planning also a big fundraiser up in that neck of the woods too. Uh, I've been up there about four times in the last you know, two, three months. So I've I've been uh, in the in the north county you know counties very often. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be back there uh, quite often as well, and uh, you know it's a very important part of the part of the state, and uh, I'm you know looking forward to that. Uh, People who want to help with the campaign, we've got over 7,000 people that have donated already. And uh, this isn't going to get done, Harold, without people participating and chipping in. I'm not a billionaire. Uh, I'm I'm a successful businessman, but we're going to need help to get this done. So if people want to help, they can go to johncoxforgovernor.com and uh, click on the Donate button and learn about me and... They can learn about the neighborhood legislature at neighborhoodlegislature.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much, John. Uh, Nice talking with you, and we'll look forward to talking to you again sometime soon.
1: Thank you very much, Harold. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks a lot.
0: That's it for Business Buzz today. I'll see you in a couple of days. Take care of yourselves. KXX Paradise K280
1: GL Chico
0: and K283 AR Chico Yuba City, Marysville.
2: With SRN News, I'm Linda Kenyon on Capitol Hill, where Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg is being pressed during a marathon hearing to answer questions about data privacy. The issue came to the forefront in the case of Cambridge Analytica, a data mining company that accessed the personal information of millions of Facebook users on behalf of the Trump campaign. Mark Zuckerberg tells senators it was clearly a mistake to believe the company when it said it had deleted that Facebook data. Zuckerberg also told senators he has not changed his philosophy when it comes to advertisers using the Facebook social media platform.
0: My top priority has always been our social mission.